Yo, what is going on, my good people? Oh, my goodness. This is the end of 2021. This is what, December? December already, man. We're in the last week of 2021. And this is Man Day Monday, the finale of season two. And, and, and I'm, I'm just ecstatic, man. We've had a, a tremendous year, a busy year. Uh, we've been MIA for a minute. And, and But I had to close this out before we jump to the next level. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like Super Mario Brothers. If you, you remember when he used to hit the rocks, hit the head, but then the, the music changed when he got to that next level. So we before we bump up, we're going we gonna to smooth this thing out, man. But uh, I'm Richard, you know, yours truly. Um, man, they Monday host. Shout out to my boys, Never Palmer, Marcus Laster, Ray Howard, all the guys who be shining this, uh, holding it down for the Man Day Monday, man. Um, last on the 2021, we've had some amazing episodes. I mean, from from education about sex to masculinity to um, just being able to communicate, doing your best, trying your best. Um, and I think this one, it kind of tops it off, to be real with you. Um because this brother here, I, I admire him. I'm going to let him introduce himself. But if you've ever been on social media and you're somebody you just see catches your attention and you just be like, I got to chat with that brother one day. You know what I'm saying? This is how I feel about this, man. Brother Harper, man, introduce yourself, introduce yourself to everybody out there, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, Rich. How y'all doing? What's happening? What's up? This is uh, Josh Harper. I am... Um... I guess I'm, I try to do a little bit of everything, but I am, uh, I'm from the smallest county in the state of Tennessee, a place called Hartsfield, Tennessee. We got about two traffic lights. I always think it's important <laughs> to start with them because uh, my highest honor will always be making the hometown proud, no matter what I do. So I'm a country farm boy, but I somehow have uh, developed a, <clears throat> the ability to connect to folks in the city. So that's that's pretty cool. Uh, I currently serve as associate pastor of Baptist City Baptist Church in Memphis, Tennessee, where we are affectionately known as the Blackest Church in Memphis and Shelby County. And we wear that title proudly, and we are certainly unapologetic. And I'm also a school teacher at a GW Carver College and Career Academy. I teach economics, U.S. government, and personal finance. And I will be uh, beginning my PhD next fall in humanities. The ultimate goal is to be a college professor teaching both philosophy and religion, uh, hopefully at HBCU, if not a small liberal arts uh, college. So that's a little bit about me. Yeah, we'll get into it. That's what's up, man. I, I, I got a question, man. We, we'll, before we jump into the subject matter, you were saying your your major study is what again now? Yeah, the the program, it's a PhD in humanities. Um, okay, but so that itself, brother, okay. I got to tap this because, you know, we, we mandate Monday. We keep it frank. We keep it real. Yes. What challenged you or what provoked you, man, to deal with that? Because just that alone, that just blew my mind by itself, brother. So so yes. just give people a back backstory on how you evolved to want to be interested in that, man. Yeah. So I am a uh, first generation college student, a uh, college graduate. And all of that, and where I come from, again, I, you know, I'm from a small town, so the expectation is not too high. Um, so I'm actually the first black in my city who has a key to the city. Uh, so with that, you know, I, uh, I have a huge responsibility. Um, but when I went off to college, um, really wasn't taking college seriously, just you know, just something to do. <clears throat> and then I actually went to this. I had a class called humanities. Uh, first day in the class, there was a quote. 
by Aristotle that said the unexamined life is not worth living. And that 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 quote just set me on the blaze. Um, from that, I began to question everything. And my intellectual curiosity began to co- be cultivated and developed. And uh, I always had a love, not always had a love for reading, but because of that, I had a love for reading. Uh, and then I developed a love for writing. I'm like, well, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to go as far as I can go. Uh, you can tell me, you know, along the way, man, you think like a philosopher. Uh, called in the ministry, and I knew early on I was not going to be a typical preacher. I, I just, I just saw life differently. I saw God differently. A lot of that has to do with my background. A lot of that has to do, to do with just living. Right. Um, off to Memphis Theological Seminary, where it was a little bit of the humanities, because it's all religion and spirituality. Then I was like, yeah, I want to I wanna learn this more. And it was a, really a teacher, Miss Scruton. She really made a huge impact. And I always said, man, I want to teach, particularly black kids, how to think critically mm. and maneuver through this world by thinking critically. So that's really how I come to that. And, uh, you know, I already have the religion background. So just trying to get the philosophy piece so that I can, uh, you know, have a whole lot of whole, a whole lot to offer and a whole lot of options to pull from. And that's man, that's interesting when you say the philosophy aspect of it because as we discussed a few minutes ago, I had just got called to my my first church, but I told him, I said, I'm not your typical preacher, right? I, I'm I don't I'm I'm the kind of person I'm pretty sure you've seen from my social media. I don't deal with just the building. I, I don't right. I can't you know as I I grew up um, upbringing and I and I, I I I give credit. I think a lot of my a lot of my um, background, I think, deal with social social awareness comes from when I, I grew up in the YMCA, right? Okay. I was a child, you know, I grew up getting after school care, YMCA, yep. so then as I got older, I had to do volunteer work in high school, where the first place I went to, YMCA. Of so, course. you know, I've always been a, a communication person, helping out the communicating person. So then when I graduated from high school, of course, what I wanted to do, going to the YMCA again. Mm-hmm. A couple years with that became childcare director, program director, after school summer camp coordinator. You know what I'm saying? Because right. I've always been, you know, it's not just about the building that's going to help people. Now, right. during this time, of course, I grew up in a church. My grandma was the nurse church. She was a nurse at University of Alabama, Birmingham, for 35 years before she passed away. God bless her soul. Mm-hmm. My mom was a trustee of the church. She still is, you know. And, and so I've had the background. It's been there, but. After it's all the after it's all said and done, when the church doors close, when the school doors close, where they gonna go after school? You gotta get something right. to do, right? You know what I'm saying? So I've always been, I'm not, I'm not just gonna sit and, and sit here and just talk to y'all every Sunday. That's not gonna be right. right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You and like you say, you challenging them, and and you and you provoking them not to just think about what they're reading, but challenge them to what they're reading. Right. So I, I I think, man, that's that's awesome, man. I'm. Like I said, I'm humble, man. Just to um, you know, just to man, being your prison, man. But what I wanted to speak about today, I think, fits over the last year and a half, um, with not just the social injustice, and everything, but we've seen this derailment. And I, I, I was skeptical to even call it that, but the derailment of masculinity, you know, mm-hmm. on cultivating, you know, healthy masculinity. Mm-hmm. And there are so many things that has derailed us. Um, from understanding, you know, even the roles that still present mm-hmm. to the roles now that are, um, 
five. I'm not going to assume what you want to call it for both male and females. You know, like selling laundry. I'm not sure the terminology you want to call it, but those things have played a factor in how masculinity is is been kind of shaped over the last two. I want to say maybe three to five years, really. Because mm-hmm. I think I, I want to say back when Obama passed the, the the you know the gay law and everything, you know I don't want to I don't want to seem I'm homophobic, but I mean it, the you know the, the same sex marriage that's what I'm gonna call it. The, the right. same sex and I and I think all those things came into into fruition that a lot of things that we was have been seeing over the years being labeled masculinity. Some has been watered down. Some I can see has been changed for the good. So. Just, just, just overall, as as we dig into this and dissect this a little bit, man, what have you seen the good and what have you seen the bad over the last few years dealing with this? Yeah, I, I think um, for me, you know, just to kind of pop it off on a philosophical note, you know, for me, the highest virtue is courage. Uh, I don't think nothing can exist, nothing can happen, nothing can be sustained or cultivated without courage you can't love without courage you can't exist without courage you can't be successful without courage so with that i think that part of the problem is men now in 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 part one of the reasons why there has been you know this this emasculation has been due to the fact that now men are not not they don't have the courage to be men anymore because somebody told us that to be a man is to always be hard, to always be stern, and to always, you know, have your guard up. You, a man can't cry. You know, we still say that. Boys don't cry. And I think that's that's part of the problem. Um, we've never had the courage to really just be a man. And really, we we don't have a whole lot to pull from sometimes, especially to my black men. But I think the 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 bad part of it, again, we we we're we celebrate. We live in a we live in a day and age where we we celebrate foolishness, but we sit down on substance. Mm. Uh, so a man that's hard and callous, you get separated for that. Mm. But a man that has emotional depth and is in tune with himself and the people around him and God, that's considered feminine, weird, and odd. Yeah. That's a problem. That that's a problem. The good part, I think, is. Um, now everybody's having the conversation uh, to the point that you made, you know, about uh, same gender loving couples and laws passed so that same gender loving couples can be married just like heterosexual couples. Now it's the conversation we got to have. Uh, it no longer can be swept under the rug, but we got to actually have the conversation. We got to deal with it. And going back to courage, if we don't have the courage to confront the conversation, we'll never learn from anybody. Uh, I think that part of the problem, again, when we talk about masculinity is we think that masculinity is this one size fits all. And the reality is it's not. Um, And so therefore, I think that the the good part is now we got to have the conversation because what we do know is sexuality ain't going anywhere. Heterosexuality ain't going anywhere. Homosexuality ain't going anywhere. Just human beings. We're here. Now we're at a place where we actually need to talk and discuss and have a conversation and we don't have to agree uh, with each other. We can at least agree to disagree, but do it in respectful ways. And I think that that can, uh, at least it's now presented us as an opportunity as much as uh, it not. And it's presented us with an opportunity and not so much as a deficit.
Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, man. I, I saw it's a station here. I'm not sure if you guys have it up there in Tennessee. Um, I know there. It, it's kind of like a. I want to say it's iHeartRadio. You know, they everywhere. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but they have a station here called the BIN, the Black Information Network. Yes. Y'all have that there? Well, we don't have it, but I'm familiar with that. Yeah. And so, um, it's a station here. I think it's sister to one of the. Uh, I want to say it's R&B station and gospel station. I, I want to say, matter of fact, but. They had a segment on today when you, when you was mentioning about that, about the conversation that I wasn't aware of. The Jeffersons, you know, the Jeffersons was a popular TV show. Yes. And the headline that they talked about that the show sparked on, which I think grew, and I think it 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 uh it said and I, I didn't even know it, but they were saying it was abruptly canceled by CBS. Um, I think mm-hmm. maybe in the early seventies. They didn't say why. They were just saying a. Uh, you know, black history flag, blah blah blah. But they said one of the things that they talked about was racism, injustice, homosexual, and transgenders. Mm-hmm. And they talked about that back then. And I found that so crazy because of out of all the episodes, possibly out of all the stuff that show was known for, I've never known them to be about, about transgender and homosexuality. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like you just said, it goes to kind of sweeping it under the rug. Mm-hmm. Kind of seeing it, but not seeing it. It's kind mm-hmm. of what they say: you're turning the left eye to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that when it comes to masculinity, that for so long we just accepted what it was, but not really understanding how it is. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I, I do want to point out is that acknowledging, I think, about masculinity. Uh, one of the things that that kind of that that I kind of uh, was, was thinking about when you know getting ready for this thing is that one thing about building healthy, uh, about building healthy mas- mas- I can't even talk about building healthy masculinity I think yeah. it's acknowledging where you are and where you need to grow at like it's okay to say for sure you know you know as a man like you just said some things you know we, we, we feel like we can't we too we, we can't I can't tell somebody I'm hurt I can't tell nobody I'm crying right. I can't tell nobody how I'm feeling right, right. you know what I mean I think for so many years um, even conversation I've had with, with parents and dads and stuff over the years, sometimes men be like, man, when I do tell a woman I'm hurting or crying, she did, she want to look at me like I'm crazy. Absolutely. Then she say, communicate, tell me how you feel. But then we'll be telling you, like you just said, oh, oh, you weak, you soft. You're not, not in so many words, but, you know, if I'm saying, oh, man, I'm sitting here, I, I had a conversation, man, a couple weeks ago. Guy said, Man, I told my wife I love her. He said, he said I purposely did this just to test. He said, ain't nothing wrong with the marriage, ain't nothing, ain't nothing going on. But he was just like, he just walked up to her every morning that morning. He was the first one to say I love you. Mm-hmm. But he waited for her to say it first, and she didn't say it. Yeah. And then yeah. he asked her. You know, he said, he said I got a question. I know you care about mine. He said, but but why ain't told me you love me this week? Yeah. And so she was like, you trying to stop? So like, nah, baby, I'm just asking. Right. And right. those type of things, you know, I think we as men have to address. You know what I'm saying? Don't be looked or shunned upon because we want to know. You know what I mean? And and I think I think that we also have to be keenly aware of the fact that much of those kinds of dynamics, um, we see that far more often in black spaces. And so we got to attribute that unwillingness to be vulnerable to slavery because we didn't have the we didn't. We didn't have the ability to be vulnerable. Mm. Uh, 
if if anybody's ever, if, if they've ever read this small little pamphlet called the Willie Lynch letter um he talks about how to make a slave and one of the one of the characteristics of making a slave is to put the man in front of a woman black woman and to beat him and to treat him like he is less than human so that she will only see the black man in his weakest state therefore she will begin to think that the family cannot exist without her which 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 i think that there's some that however we do know that just by looking statistically um when the black family was one when they was together we were unstoppable but now because of mass incarceration and a plethora of other social injustices now it's a lot of single parent households only in the black community will you hear a, a black woman a sister say i don't need no man yeah you yeah. would never hear a white woman say that I, you would never hear a yeah, say yeah. That. my wife Hey, bro, she said, she said, I hate now. Now somebody gonna be like, I heard this on the podcast. I'm gonna tell the truth. She honestly, we and her was talking. Mm-hmm. She said, I said, what you mean? She said, and we were always talking. We married 16 years, eight kids together, man. Mm-hmm. And she said, I hate when black women say I, I don't need a man. Mm-hmm. And she and I said, why? She said, because that's embedded for you to feel like you that's can true. do it all your own. Absolutely. And you can't do nothing. You can't do a job on your own. You Absolutely. can't do any. You can't even exercise on your own. What's the first thing you say when you got to exercise? You need a spot. I need somebody to do what? Yeah, spot me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and and that's the. And then you know what? Society is trying, or society has made it to seem like it's okay for them to say that. Correct. Correct. And and some of that is. I mean, we got to be honest and admit that it is, you know, it's, it's white supremacy, it's systemic oppression, and but but some of it is is being we we had done the best of jobs. Either. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's one thing. I mean, that's one thing between that's one thing. If, if men lacking, if men slacking, and I made a post about it, and I, I was so right, I knew in my heart I was right, but mm-hmm. I got so much backlash from it. Even my wife was like, "You went about it wrong." I said, "Baby," I said, "But I said when I told people." This is the post. This was right around Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. I said, I said, if black men would step up and counter their business, we would not have so many women raising these kids by themselves. Mm-hmm. And people got mad at me because they was looking at the fact that I said black women are raising men by themselves. Mm-hmm. But that I said, but if men was to step up, like what well, you're saying, you're 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 uh, you're monogamous, you're. You're chauvinist. I said, what are you talking about? I said, if we step up as men, and they're so quick to say what they can do alone that they don't understand that they should, I'm not going to say need help, but you should desire a male in your child's life. You don't have to be the daddy. I understand there's pigs out there who want to get your underwear. I understand it. I know it. But at the same time, if you understand that if we stepped up our game, you wouldn't have to do it by yourself. And and I and I think that we gotta quit, you know, going around the the word need. No, we need each other. Yeah. And up until twenty, I, I I don't understand this whole notion that we don't need each other. Black, black folk, we need each other. But black, a black man, a black woman, that's how we made it to this point. Yeah, we made it by the grace of God, but we made it by leaning on each other. Because right. if a black man can't go to, to a woman. Where are we supposed to go? Right. Where are we supposed to go? Right. It, I mean, we. It, so I. I no. I, I think we. We. We got to. 
we have got to reimagine what relationships look like. We've got to reimagine, not even reimagine, going back to courage, we got to be honest about, no, we need we, we need each other. Like, ain't nobody, ain't nobody trying to do this stuff alone. And any person that says that, they've got some trauma that they've not reconciled. Right, right. And I, that's, that's what I really think, that's what I really feel, man, in my heart, that whenever I see you know, women dogging all men out and all oh, yeah. this kind of stuff. Oh yeah. The first thing I say, I said, that's hurt. Yep. That's yep. hurt. That's coming from a hurt place. Yep. E- even men. I mean, even men. So man, well, you know, women all hold. You know, this it, it's from a hurt place. Yep. And yep. I and I've been I've been I've been into the fact to where, you know, even while being mad, I said, man, it's, it's every. You know, even I'm doing all this stuff for my wife. I, I bought her a van about four or five years ago. Um, you know, doing everything I can to make sure she's straight, you know, because if she's straight, then I'm straight. Because Absolutely. in return, she gonna, if I'm doing what I can, she gonna flip and, and flip that around to make sure I'm straight 10 times. You know what I'm Correct. saying? Correct. But then she be, she, I mean, they, they going out, but she's gonna have people in her ear. Girl, why he doing all this for you? He must got somebody else. I'm like, she get access to my bank account, so I bank accounts, what I'm hiding. You know what it's, I mean? Yeah. It's, it's hurt. It's hurt, bro. It's toxic. Absolutely. 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 Yeah. Yeah. One thing, man, that um about masculinity, man, um, being heavy masculine, two things that I, I that I well three things that I, I've learned over this last three years. I think they helped me become a better man. And even have dialogue like I used to gonna have dialogue like this with other fellows. I'm gonna be frank and for real. Mm-hmm. Like I honestly I just turned forty one last month. Okay. I think over the last three years, three and a half years, I've opened up and been able to have this kind of conversation. Those kind of three things, that's what tooth was. It's listen and learn and opening up, I think, are keys, are key factors, yeah. I think, man, you know, that has to happen in order for us to grow as a man. Absolutely. 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 And I, I think that, you know, a lot of times, unfortunately, black men we haven't always had models so we we we've had to learn manhood on the fly yeah and oftentimes the the our our models for manhood wasn't the best models so yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? it, it yeah. takes us a while to come to that place right but yeah it's critical though i think that's critical for sure yeah definitely man definitely man man last last two little points man um one note I wrote down, man, it, it was saying, look within to find your truth, right? Mm, mm, mm. Like, how often do we say, I need to be better? Like, because mm-hmm. we could point the finger what another man doing. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's one, thing that I, I, that's one thing that I had to learn over the last three years. And I think I really woke up because my older son, he's 15, my daughter's 16. So I okay. think as my kids got older, man, I had to become more focused as a, as a father on sure. what they saw me doing. For sure. And with social media going on, like, like I have my the my, my the man project page, and my my son was like, "Dad, you know, um, like like they go to um a, a historical black Catholic school here here in okay. Birmingham, okay. um, and so there's a lot of you know you had different politicians go to the school, blah blah blah, right? So." Uh, kid, uh, uh, one of the city councilmen that I know came went up there and they was talking about my son. My son, he's on the varsity team there in the school, 
And so then my dad, my son came home. He's like, Dad, you know Councilman so and so. I said, Yeah. He said, Yeah. He said, He said your name, and this was like last, this was like early last year. You know what I'm saying? And so I think my son then kind of noticed like people know my dad. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so then I'm like, so then he looking on social media at my pages. He was like, Yeah, I see the mayor. Like I went to middle school with the mayor here in Birmingham. You know what I'm saying? So oh. it's like, like I can call and I Facetime him just for fun and my you know my my, my son been, oh yeah yeah you know what i mean so i think those things as a man um those things that i was just saying about looking with yourself like i had to find that truth in myself to be an image you know not just a social media image because people get that all twisted but oh, that's yeah. day by day show my son you know who i am as a man and it's okay to, to do these things and, and and he's seeing that reflection you know of what I'm doing he's like okay well I, I, I want to mock that I want to be you know what I mean that's mm-hmm. what him to that next level that I can't you know what I mean and I think you know we as men we we try to we do that Michael Jackson we don't want to look in the mirror for that change we want to push it anywhere absolutely and I, I think man a lot of times it, you know we, 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 we do that moonwalk because we don't like what we see in the mirror Mm. For a lot of us, the way the way in which we we handle it and run from it is we sleep with as many women as possible. Yeah, we we do as much as possible running from our own ghosts. Um, and it, and it, unfortunately, it takes you know sometimes it takes a, a lot of catastrophic events for us to realize, man, running from yourself is like chasing the wind. You'll never do it. Like you you you'll never accomplish what you think you're trying to accomplish. Like you gotta stand barefooted, look yourself in the mirror and just deal with it and I think going back to courage uh, one of my favorite quotes is a uh, poet, his name is W.B. Yeats, he says it takes more courage for a person to examine the deep dark corners of their soul than it does for a soldier to fight on the battlefield mm. and I think that is absolutely true yeah. I think it is absolutely true 100% people hated the pandemic because for the first time in their life they had to sit with themselves. Mm, yeah. yeah. And and that's one thing that I, I said that somewhere I said it I, I was overjoyed. I said that this today when I was closing that church today. I, that's one thing I said. I said doing between now and next uh next week. And I said even until the new year. Slow down. Yep. I, and that's I said I, I I have to go back and look at my notes. But I, I had three P's. I, I think I, I think I said slow down with prayer, slow down with your patience with others, and slow down. I forgot the other P. I said because we get so wrapped up. Like I saw so many people today, just at home rest and tired. Mm-hmm. And yesterday, I said because all these three four weeks y'all y'all worrying about this one day, and it's okay to celebrate, Chris. I I got eight kids, brother. I trust me. I did more shopping than most folks ever did. Of you know course. what I'm saying? But at the end of the day. My kids played. They played. They went to bed. We got up. We went to church this morning. Yep. And they played more when we got home. And yep. I said because we we channeled the energy and we divided what needs to be done. We didn't over. And even last night um, before we went to bed, while they played with their toys, we sat and I talked to them last night and on Christmas Eve about yep. the end of Christmas. And so they understand they get towards us. And I tell all, I tell all the ones fine. I said it's all symbolism. I said if you look at the different things that Chris is about, 
I said, it's not that people are taking away Christ from Christmas. I said, but it's all symbolism. I tell you the meaning of a candy cane, you know, with the blood. I said, the blood represents the blood of Christ and the white is the period. I said, and when they say strip, that's why you got candy cane strip because that's representing the blood strip that Jesus took. I, you know, those mm. things, brother, mm. that, that people don't realize it's all symbolism. And I said, the thing of a wreath. I said, the circle, I said, does it ever end? They say, no. I said, that means that's Jesus' everlasting love. Mm-hmm. So those things we have to apply, man. And I said, if we just slow down, yep. understand yep. what God is trying to say to us. I said, we're so busy with, with social media. We're so busy with friends. We're so busy with jobs. I said, just slow down. And once you slow down, you'll see where you need work at. Absolutely. 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 Yeah, I mean, you 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 being a man that's road to go, you know, you know how impactful symbolism is. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I, I forgot you, Trav. Yes, sir, yes, sir. <laughs> I know you understand. But yes, yeah, you sir, right. yes, sir. I think again, you know, we don't we don't wanna we it, it gets really it, it, it get it's fearful for people to slow down. Yeah. Because yeah, because yeah. most times we stay busy to to keep from dealing with what we gotta deal with. And what's crazy, I've talked to a lot of preachers and it's funny that you said it's about to go. As you move up, a lot of people's like, well as you move up it's it's you're 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 committing you're uh what they're saying, you're worshiping devil. I said no, I'm gonna tell you what it is that they don't like. Because I, I was talking to my uh, past mother before he passed away about two years ago. Mm-hmm. He said, as you move up, what Freemason does, it shows you the ugliness of sin in yourself. Mm. And when you when you when it's showing you how ugly you are, and it shows you how wicked that sin and man is, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. why they get confused on what it is. And that's why they run around and they leave it because they're not understanding how wicked really man is. Sure. Yeah. And somebody and I and I had to sit back and I went had to go back and study some stuff. I said, let me go look at this. Cause yeah. somebody said that he told me that. He said, go look at it, brother K. And I looked at it, I said, good God Almighty. Yeah. We don't we don't want to see how ugly we really are. Nah, we don't. You know, that that's a whole level of that requires a whole nother level of self-awareness, you know. Mm. That in the hustle and bustle of everyday life. That's what we miss out on is, is self-awareness, you know, because we get lost in things and material possessions and we never find ourselves. So you got people 50, 60, 70 years old still asking the question, who am I? It's like, what? that's yeah. a struggle. You know, you shouldn't be doing that. But yeah, yeah. But yeah, man, what I'm going to do, man, I'm going to definitely got to put you on. Because matter of fact, um, other two brothers, um, the, the, the co-founder of the man project and and, and my um a mentor of assistant man both of the two other fellas they they man matter of fact two of us in the same lodge i'm chapter on my lodge yet and the other guy he just knows lodge so next year man we definitely gonna have the all four um do a do a podcast together man and i know um, once once i get things going at the church like i want man could you get you come down to for a revival or something man I oh yeah oh Obliged. Yes, be- yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But man, tell everybody out there, man, how to get in touch with you, man. Your social media, man, and how they want to get you to speak to them or something, man. Let them know how they can reach out to you, brother. Yes, sir. Uh, Josh, well, JD Harper on Facebook. JDD is in dog Harper, H A R P E R. Uh, you can look me up on Rich's page 
on Instagram. I am uh, I am JDH underscore, and uh, same thing on Twitter. I am JDH. So just uh, look me up. Holler at me. I'm I'm country, so I don't meet no strangers. <laughs> I'm the same way, brother. My my kids said it all the time. They hate going to the store with me because I just start talking under the booth hey, to somebody. Dude, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I, I was at Sam's today, man. I said the same thing. I said, "Oh, I know you from somewhere." That's and right. I can tell, I can tell it was a preacher. My wife said, "Come on, baby, we gotta go home." Right. It, was, <laughs> we just sat there about thirty minutes talking. So Look, that's how it be. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. But everybody out there, man, in in in, in the world, we love you. You know what I'm saying? And, and one thing when I say when I get ready to get out of here, I be like, peace. I holler. Yeah. <laughs>